Hi, and welcome to Beyond Parking, a podcast brought to you by the British Parking Association. My name's Joey, and I'm here today with Julian, and we both work in the technology, innovation and research team. Hi, and welcome back to Beyond Parking. We had a, in the end, quite a short break um, because we've got our annual conference coming up next week. Um, which will be on the 15th, 16th and 17th of September. So do check it out on our website. We'll leave the link below. Um, And we are interviewing today Holly Cooper, who is the Vice President of Conduent with a specific area of public safety and curbside management. And she's going to have a chat to us today about some of the work that they're doing. What did you think of the interview, Julian? Because we've just literally come off doing it. I think it's great for us to hear what's going on over the pond. And um, obviously they have a different um, legislative structure when it comes to uh, parking. They can do things that we can't do. We can perhaps do things they can't do. But overall, I think uh, the perspectives that she brought as someone who um, is involved in public safety and parking and what she can do in terms of, of emerging those two worlds and and the skills that she's got in that really really interesting to hear that and uh, of course Conduent will be sponsoring the annual conference and you'll hear from Holly and many of our listeners will know Dean Fennell Connell from the UK side who will also be appearing at the conference let's go straight to the interview shall we hi Holly and welcome to the Beyond Parking podcast it's great to have you on the show I was just wondering, for those of our listeners who don't know about Conduent, can you tell us a little bit about it? For example, how it started and the kind of things you do? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So in 2017, Xerox Business Services broke off into Conduent to focus on our core business solutions. Um, In the UK specifically, we're delivering parking technology today, as well as enforcement and business processing services to our clients. Um, with a recent parking enforcement, or now referred as the compliance management contracts, um, which is really exciting and will allow us to share our expertise and experience from the compliance management contracts that we currently deliver in the major U.S. cities, such as Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. We're using that U.S. experience to support our experienced U.K. team and continuing to deliver the service excellence and increasing our U.K. client base. So some of the things that Conduent does as a whole is in transportation, particularly road usage charging, which is like a tolling or dynamic pricing type application, curbside management solutions, public safety solutions, data analytics, as well as transit. Within the public safety division, it's things like photo enforcement, using video analytics to do analysis on roadway um, patterns, pedestrian usage. So my involvement particularly in the company is I'm the general manager of a newly combined business unit, which is the public safety and curbside management solution. Um, I have been the general manager of public safety for two and a half years, and I am now over the combined business unit. It was really a strategy that Conduent had to really leverage the combination of the two units as we watch technology evolve, and we see that camera-based technology that we use in our photo enforcement business um, is really going to start being used in the public safety slash curbside management 
world. So where you can use it for parking enforcement, for automated bus lane enforcement. Um, so we have our teams now well aligned, as well as being able to expand the way we service our customers. We are making sure that we are staying ahead of where the technology is going and that we're constantly integrating innovation. Thank you, Holly. That's, that gives us a really nice uh, rounded picture of, of what Conduit are up to uh, internationally. One thing that I was very uh, interested in looking at uh, your website and, and reading up on, on Conduit is that something you're quite involved in is on-street dynamic pricing, which can be a great tool to nudge traffic to certain areas and, and can be used with other initiatives around congestion and so on. But it's not so easy to do at the moment in the UK because uh, the legislative structure doesn't really allow for it so easily. I wonder if you could tell us a bit about how that works in the US and what we could learn from your operations around dynamic pricing. So dynamic parking, um, it's very different. Um, and we are aware that you, the UK has to change to keep up with the technology advancements and the customer expectations. Um, one of the things about the parking structure and the way that um, the traffic penalties work um, is that the traffic order sets the maximum amount today. And we should be able to discount from the maximum amount to allow for a dynamic parking. So if the each individual district, say a particular borough needed to have a higher price um, to work with increasing the maximum that's set in the traffic order, we can then discount that and use the same principles that we do in the US for the dynamic parking to allow a variable fee. Um, really based on occupancy, demand, where we need to shift parking to, and really offer discounts to get people to move out of congested areas. So for an example in dynamic pricing, we have a specific case study in Los Angeles for their express park contract, where we initially had 6,300 spaces downtown, and we had expanded that to 7,800 spaces with plans to grow them further. And we went from 40% to 90% likelihood of finding a cheaper meter within one block of their destination. We had 60% of spaces reduced um, during an hourly rate and 27% spaces with increased utilization. There was a 10% reduction in parking congestion and a 5% shift in demand to cheaper, underutilized parking spaces which also resulted in a 2% overall increase revenue for LA Express Park Entity. And what we did there is you can use hardware assets like a camera or a sensor, and we can use an asset, an asset light model where you do not have to have a sensor and or asset in every parking space. Um, camera technology is great because you can put them every so often and still have a long range of visibility into the parking spaces. And we take the information that we're gathering roadside and we implement um, a data structure inside of our merge platform where we take that data and create mapping layers to not only use historical information for those parking spaces but also use predictive analytics as well as the sensor and or camera data that we're gathering and we're able to then determine where the utilization is at and where there should be available spaces. 
We also use the merge technology to predict things like loading zone usage and reconfiguration of parking space. So if you have a curb that you are concerned that you're not getting enough loading zone time, or that there's parking in front of critical businesses and you want to take a look at do we need to shift the loading zone say around the corner for more effective use of the curb space um, this platform would do that for you that's fascinating and something we could really look to the future in the uk to to uh, adopt more wholesale the technology's there it's just getting everything joined up i guess isn't it Yes, it is. And one of the great things about the offerings that companies like Conduit have is that we're vendor agnostic for a lot of the data ingestion. So as long as a platform or something that an existing local authority is using has a standard API connection, we can use that API to ingest all kinds of data to be able to put it into one singular platform for the local authority to then be able to utilize in situations like dynamic pricing, loading zone management, even virtual permitting. That's really interesting and it's making me think of a conversation I had a while back about mobility as a service, which is so often promoted as a solution to a number of challenges within the transport sector. But actually, quite often within those conversations, parking isn't mentioned or curbside management isn't mentioned. And I'm just wondering if that's something the UK is missing and whether there's anything Conduent are doing in the US that we should be kind of observing and taking note of. I think that what we're doing in the US is really acknowledging the fact that vendors can work together and be able to have a consolidated solution like the merge platform that we were talking about, right? So Conduit in particular is working on the APDS, which I mentioned earlier, which is really um, devolution and vendor agnostic standard APIs. Um, working as a, a standard from a countrywide perspective is important because if you have these standard APIs, there doesn't need to be a lot of change across the entire country to be able to utilize data simultaneously. So, for example, right now we have the Mobility Companion app, which is MCAP, and we have that in the northern region of France. Um, we have used transit data as well as other types of mobility like utilization of bikes, parking, electric scooters. And it's really about the first mile and last mile as well as your transit commute in between. You have to encompass the entire process in order to have a, an effective mass solution. Um, and so that's why parking becomes extremely crucial, especially in those that are ride sharing or um, renting a vehicle or using their own vehicle. Electric vehicles, as they become more predominant, where's the closest charging station? Can we give priority to electric vehicles in certain regions? Um, it actually leads right into how you effectively manage low emission zones and using camera technology there. Um, it really needs to be driven by the central government and a conduit's involvement with BPA and with our own Dean, Fen O'Connell, representing parking technology, providers on the council and the involvement in groups such as TTF will only help find the answers that we need as an industry to really move the UK forward. Thank you, Holly. 
just going to move to a different area now. Um, and I, I, I'm aware that Conduent are uh, very experienced and skilled in the whole world of data analytics and providing um, operators, municipalities with real-time data of uh, parking behaviours, for example, but also transport and so on. And at this particular time, this is a really uh, valuable resource that um, that central and local governments are interested in. Here at the BPA, we put together um, data on parking from different operators. We've aggregated it to help the government understand how behaviours are changing at the moment, because it all helps in the in the in the grander scheme of things in, in how they can help us in our recovery period from the, the pandemic. Could you tell us a bit about how uh, Conduent are working with with government with your data? What is it telling you? How is how are our behaviours changing in, in relation to coming into city centres, using public transport, changes in, in mobility generally? What what's it telling you? So the data that we've combined, we've looked at especially in the consolidated business unit that I mentioned earlier, we've looked at both photo data as well as the data that we're pulling from our parking or curbside management contracts to do an analysis. We have a, a data analysis team that is full of data scientists that do all kinds of modeling and anticipating where the next movement is, tracking trends. And Matt Darst and his team have really looked at how do we change operations based on less manual data crunching and more visualization tools. And what we have found is that during the early onset of the pandemic, with the stay-at-home orders that were in place and the self-quarantining that is going on, we had a drastic drop in violation or um, citation volumes in locations. So we had many places where because the roadways were less congestion, you have high rate of speed travelers, right? Which is not something you would think that you would anticipate during such a conservative time where people are trying to move safely and they're changing their other lifestyle behaviors to create a safe environment. We're seeing a lot less traffic inside congested, what was typically a congested downtown city center. Um, you see less tolling transactions a significant amount of less parking infractions. Um, you see less traffic. We saw at one point almost 50% less traffic everywhere you traveled. Um, we have taken that data and we've continued to update our clients and looked at the overall portfolio and shared, what are we seeing in transit? How is it affecting people? Less people are getting on mass transit. And a theme arose of how can we make this more contactless? How can we help people to feel safe about traveling and returning to work and really coming back into what was more like normal life, right? So ways we have done that is through technology that exists today that many people don't realize is already there in place for them to utilize, like contactless um, transit ticketing. We have a solution that you can go in with your smartphone and either touch a plate or scan a QR code and it links to your transit account and it shows that you're on the bus. It tracks occupancy. It helps for planning for bus routes, how they can then change the bus routes in accordance to where the demand is. 
we have things like AMPR solution to where we can use license plate for tolling applications for road usage charging. You don't have to have somebody in a toll booth, right? And that's a little Americanized, but we, you know, have these vast bays where we have tolling agents that are, are taking and collecting, you know, cash as um, a form of tolling. But account-based tolling, completely contactless. You're going to get your bill in the mail or you're going to pay online. Um, we also saw a, a big uptick in remote hearing requests from jurisdictions. So, for example, to pay a traffic penalty through the traffic penalty tribunal, they could have set up a chat adjudication or a WebEx or Skype based video adjudication process, which is something we've implemented for many of our customers, as well as just automated, you know, frequently asked questions through using automation in our call centers. So these are all things that are in demand right now. Um, in the market. And I think that the trend is going to continue to be supportive of a more contactless experience for travelers. From my own personal experience, I definitely feel like we're moving towards people just wanting to do everything contactless, really. Um, and certainly amongst friends, I know that people keep coins in their car just for parking and would rather not. So, <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely a movement towards that. Um, I was just wondering, I know that you've worked in the UK and the US, haven't you? Yes. Um, I was just wondering if there's any insights that you've learned from working across the continents um, that we can learn from each other. Yeah, so I think that there's always things regionally we can learn from each other. You know, we have an international business. We have a, a strong presence um, in our public safety side in Canada. We have work in Latin America, in the Middle East, um, all places which we've provided services. And I think one of the things that we can learn is there's a lot that's the same, right? And how we handle really looking at the innovation that's taking place in both places and the public acceptance and how we write policy can really be utilized. And for example, the use of cameras in the UK is much more regionally acceptable to the centralized population where when you go domestically into the United States, it's something that is still getting to be accepted. Um, it's, it's across the country, don't get me wrong, but there are still a lot of uh, people that feel a little anti to the use of cameras, but the technology itself and embracing it and really understanding the, the true meaning of what it can do and the power behind it and what we can do to unlock it um, really relies around what regulations that you can put into place that is not too restrictive that you're no longer enabled to use the technology, but that it's restricted enough to protect the citizens of the local authority that you're trying to manage and also to help support growth and data sharing. So one of the things I think that we can learn across both segments is really looking at how we have embraced the technology. Um, a second piece I would say is incentivizing um, the governmental employees who manage these programs. So one of the things that we have seen 
is that if we can incentivize those employees to really embrace technology and efficiencies, and even if it means a reduction in staff automation, um, we have much more success in each area. Um, one of those things that becomes extremely sensitive is the employees at any company, whether it's government, whether it's corporations, as you're entering into a world of automation, what does that do for the people, right? It's scary around things like job elimination and people get nervous about that. But what we need to understand is humans are our best resource. Change what they're doing. Change how they manage their jobs, the types of skills that people have. Learn to work with automation so you can create efficiency. So we need to look at new ways for people to do their jobs and interact with the automation and technology so that we are growing our workforce instead of restricting them. And that's a global thing, right? That's not something that's specific to the UK. It's not something that's specific to the United States. I think as the world's evolving, positions are changing, jobs are being created every day that didn't exist in the past. Thank you, Holly. I, I picked up earlier in your conversation that one of your areas of, of responsibility is, is uh, safety, public safety. And um, here at the BPA, we have been providing local authorities with guidelines on social distancing in car parks and so on. Um, could you tell us a bit about your role in the, in the realm of public safety and what Conjunt are doing, um, maybe how it connects with parking, if you can? Absolutely. So our public safety division um, is our photo enforcement and data analytics division. So we do standard photo enforcement, like most people think about red light enforcement, speed enforcement, other types of enforcement like blocking the box or overheight truck enforcement, low emission zone enforcement, things that can be um, detected using camera technology. We also have some video analytics that we run on the camera level that can help jurisdictions track movements of pedestrian grouping, not necessarily an individual person, it's not facial recognition, but human behavior patterns, right? So those types of analytics can really be used in, you know, analyzing if people are following social distancing guidelines. You know, you see, if you've ever seen a video analytic running on a live video, it looks like a bunch of boxes that are highlighting individual objects. And they can take, the camera can then take and measure distances between objects, which could be people in this scenario, um, and utilize it to make sure that the behavior is changing. Um, are we reverting back to our old behavior? Are we getting used to the fact that we're living in a pandemic and are people starting to think rules don't apply? You know, and because it does happen. Um, human behavior is a hard thing to change. We all, all know that. And that's why camera technology and the things that we're doing in public safety is important. So what we have seen from the enforcement programs that we manage in the US and in Canada is that over time, you do have effect on human behavior. There's less crashes. You have lower speeds going through those intersections. And if we can change human behavior while driving a vehicle, we can help to change human behavior while walking, while riding bikes, while loading transit buses. It's all about giving people information, right? So 
one thing in particular that we're doing is a vehicle passenger detection system modernization project that's going to be coming out later this year that I'm super excited to show everybody. And as part of that, we're going to be doing some pilots across the world. Um, one particular we're going to be doing in France. The pilot will in, consist of a informational board. Right. So as cameras are going through at the distance of a lane, maybe three or four car lengths, there'll be an informational board and it will tell people, here's your license plate number. You're not supposed to be traveling in this lane. Right. It's an educational thing. You don't necessarily have to have um, particular rules or regulations around being able to give somebody a citation of sorts um, where you actually find them or give them a penalty. You can use education and the technology to change human behavior. So it's another thing that we're looking at with, you know, many local authorities and trying to figure out what's best for them in the long term planning data collection. So a lot of things in um, both the United States and Canada, much like the UK, there are local legislative actions that have to take place and regulations that have to be put in in order for them to use certain technologies. Well, providing data ahead of that to show the need in the environment is important, right? So one of the things like we talked about earlier with the dynamic parking, if you can show that there's a need to change the human behavior because of congestion, because of lack of parking, using the data to then come to a conclusion is a much stronger argument than we think we should charge more during these times because we want to shift. You know, the one thing that's extremely important in both public safety and curbside management solutions is that it's not viewed always as a revenue generation, right? We don't want people to be under the impression that this is about how many penalties can we write? How many parking citations, or how can we charge more for parking utilization? It's about how can we most effectively manage the roadway that we have today. In many locations, there's not a lot you can do about the roadway other than maybe some small widenings or changing the way we utilize the curb. The infrastructure is the way it is today, and we need to best utilize what we have as you've seen many cities expand into numbers that I don't know if we thought was possible 20 or 30 years ago with the amount of people we have taken into spaces. You know, engineering changes, your buildings can be much higher. They can occupy more people, but that creates another level of problems. So in public safety, we're looking at how can we help assist our customers into integration as well, using our hardware to become edge devices as you see smart city applications come into play? How can we have connectivity to autonomous vehicles, you know, looking ahead to the future? How do we help um, people achieve their vision zero plans through monitoring and giving safety ratings to intersections based on a combination of things, speed of travelers, level of congestion, are people using the crosswalks appropriately? Is there a heavy amount of bike traffic? And then plugging all of that into algorithms to give safety ratings to intersections to really help cities understand, we need to look and analyze this further. Is it a change in the dynamic of the actual road? Do we need to add a turning lane? You know, there's a lot of planning that goes into how do we change the future of transportation?
That's really uh, thought-provoking in the in the context of what we're trying to do with active travel in the UK and encourage more cycling and walking. I suppose your technology will be able to assess the effectiveness of, uh, of, of a drive to more walking and, and cycling by capturing that, but also even congestion of, of pedestrians in certain areas, you could evaluate that uh, to a certain extent with it, with the safety in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on the subject of the future and, the, and what's on the horizon, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what, uh, what you can tell us, of course, uh, about what conduits have got planned for the future. You mentioned one project. Is, is there any other innovations on the horizon you can tell us about? Well, there's always lots of innovation going on at Conduit. We have some innovation labs that run full time trying to come up with, you know, really creative solutions to tomorrow's problems. Um, one of the ways that we're looking at innovation is even as simple as consolidation of the business units, you know, really working and spreading best practices across both groups, leveraging the curbside management data scientists, and then utilizing the implementation teams that came from public safety and how do we have best practices for our customers. I mentioned the HOV solution, which is our vehicle passenger detection system. Um, that is getting a full modernization and will release to the market in October that we're super excited about. Um, I told you how we're attaching signage for educational purposes, which is not something that has really been done in the past. Um, we're using video analytics to start coding the curb. Um, and many of the people listening will understand what that means. And if you don't know what that means, it's taking the curbside and understanding how we're utilizing it. Do we have certain areas we can't park in? Do we have areas that are zones that change during different times of the day based on the locality of the businesses nearby? Um, we are using years of experience that our subject matter experts have to take the video analytics to the next level to understand what we know about parking today and then make it in an automated fashion for tomorrow. Um, we're looking at large amounts of data. We're looking at emissions data, you know, looking at electric vehicles, vehicle types and classifications. Uh, Conduit has an API with DVLA, which we are one of the very few suppliers in the UK that have that. So as we're collecting this AMPR data, we can then utilize um, the DVLA's database to then determine what type of vehicle it is. Does it follow into the classifications of what we need it to to most efficiently manage traffic and congestion? Um, so those are some of the things that we're looking at in terms of innovation. We're also looking at platform consolidations, how we can deliver our services for all of our processing and back office services as a more consolidated solution because many of our customers use multiple services that we provide. Um, so that's just a few of the things that I can share. We've got some more things up our sleeve that I'm excited about coming into 2021 that we'd love to share with you when the time comes. I have a feeling we will be calling on you for that. Yeah, we, we, we're very much uh, virtual in many of our offerings to our members and to have you present from America on all these innovations will be great. And when travel permits, I would love to come to the UK and sit down with you in person. Um, I've been over a few times for the public safety business, you know, and, and checking out our operations that we have in Valence, France. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that's really exciting too about um, the consolidated business line and the, the fact that I'm managing both. Mm -hmm. um, it really helps with the collaboration between the different continents. And even with 
the experience we've had in Latin America and bringing it all together and having the teams really work and integrate together closely. Um, we had a recent proposal that we were working on and we had a huge team for three days, nonstop, 10 hours a day, you know, fi finishing this response. And it really was a true testament to the collaboration that can happen no matter where you're at globally because of the technology that we have today. And we're just super proud of the staff that we have and their contributions and they're working together to create the best solutions for our customers. Yeah, I think that's something that's um, really come out of the last six months really and, and before, but is the fact that we can now work cross-continentally and share ideas and, you know, it should, well, hopefully it'll make ideas and progression happen faster and we won't be working in silos of separate countries doing pretty much the same thing. So it's really exciting. Yeah, when you've got to get on a plane for 11 to 13 hours to go somewhere to have a conversation, it makes it extremely difficult to speed up the process. So the remote thing does really help. Yeah, and we're just proving that with this podcast now and <laughs> chatting to you. Very smooth, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Holly, for joining us today. Um, we're really looking forward to uh, the conference coming up, which Conjun is sponsoring, of course, and you'll see... Certainly Dean and other members of uh, Conjunt, including yourself, popping up at various occasions. Um, and as we mentioned in the podcast, I'm sure we'll have you back on both the podcast, uh, our webinars and other platforms to inform and stir up some debate with our members around uh, technology, innovation, all the things we talked about today. Thank you so much for having me, Joey and Julian. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to a long relationship um, with you guys. And hopefully I will be able to participate as often as you guys would like me to. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you.